You are Locked On Browns, your daily Cleveland Browns podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And hello, everybody, and welcome back for another edition of Crossover Thursday. It's hard to believe we are already into the fifth version of Crossover Thursday. We say it all the time. Nothing goes by faster than the NFL season. We're going to sit down here with Dan Wade of Lock-On Chargers. Uh, all my Browns fans, obviously, you got to look good look at the Chargers uh, Monday night against the Raiders. Um, Chargers fans, I know a lot of people were watching the Browns play Sunday, looking peaky, basically peeking ahead to this week. Uh, so we're going to have a good time with this one here. We appreciate everybody for making Locked On Chargers, Locked On Browns your first listen. Uh, we try to put out the best content we can for you guys day in, day out. We still got pregame shows coming, you know, all of that stuff rolling on through the week. So, again, make sure you are, you know, following or subscribe to both podcasts, five-star ratings, written reviews, and you guys know the drill. Locked On whatever, always free. Like I said, Danny Wade from Locked On Chargers. We're going to kick off here. We're going to do some Chargers talk first. Um, I'm excited about this game. Uh, Dan, and I think the first thing I want to get to is, you know, obviously the Baker Mayfield is struggling a little bit right now, which seems to happen every year. We always have these issues. Um, but the Chargers ended up with the selection of Justin Herbert. And just to watch the, you know, growth and maturation of this guy, and I think only one of the real knocks he truly got, you know, when he was coming out of college was, you know, the Oregon offense, the spreadiest of the spreadiest, yada, yada, yada. Um, but watch the development of this guy. And it is pretty crazy because, you know, you're going to go for such a long run uh, from Phillip Rivers to now most likely such a very, very long run of Justin Herbert. Uh, so nice way to uh, you know segue into the future of this franchise at the quarterback position. Yeah, I mean, Drew Brees to Phillip Rivers, one game of Tyrod Taylor and then Justin Herbert. <laughs> but, yeah, I mean, I think the other thing, too, is just, the spread offense was definitely a thing for Justin Herbert coming out. And it always is with those kind of quarterbacks. But more than that, it was the mental part of it. Just could he lead a team and all those things. And I think, you know, through 19 career games or whatever he's at now, he's shown that he can be right. I mean, his teammates respect him. It's not hindering him in any way, being the personality that he is. But, I mean, hard to imagine a much more impressive start. I mean, I know the Browns fans have to be happy to have a quarterback. They obviously went a while without one. but for the Chargers to have Justin Herbert and to see with all the, you know, pre-draft doubters, I mean, me included in that, be, before he came in to see like what he's done now to be, you know, one of the more explosive, I mean, showing one to be one of the best quarterbacks in the NFL already in year two is, has been a pretty wild ride because just, it just came so unexpectedly, even being the sixth overall pick, nobody expected to see what we've seen from Justin Herbert so far. And I, it even goes back to when he got his first start. I mean, that whole fluke thing with, you know, oh, yeah. Tyrod, the punctured long or whatever. And it was just like, well, wh why didn't you start him the week before? Because uh, <laughs> it looks like you guys really got something on your hands here. And, you know, look, I mean, Browns fans, we know the, uh, the Tyrod Taylor uh, bridge to the <laughs> future quarterback. It's got even smaller when it traveled out west to Los Angeles. Um, the weapons for Justin Herbert. Uh, you know, you talk Keenan Allen, when, Keenan Allen, one of the nastiest pass runners, uh, you know, in the league. Um, then you, you know, you add in the size and, you know, what Mike Williams can do with his body. Um, they like the Browns make a lot of use of their tight ends. And then there is just, I don't know the, any other word to describe Austin Eckler other than just a pain in the butt, because there's so many things you can do right as a defense and it can be third and 13 
and then you're forced with nothing else but to flow, throw a flare pass to Austin Eckler. And the next thing you know, you got officials moving down the fields, setting up the sticks for first and 10. You're a frustrating, frustrating player to have to defend. Yeah, absolutely. I think last week, one of the surprising things about it was just how strong he was between the tackles. I mean, almost seven yards of carry last week. And I think he had one outside rush that wasn't in between the tackles. So I think that is one of the underrated parts of his game is the dude is a load, too. I mean, they call him, you know, PFP, pound for pound, strongest guy on the mm-hmm. team. But, like, he does not look fun to tackle at all. And then, you know, you're worried about that, and he's beating KJ right on a wheel route into the end zone. But it was nice to see last week, though, with the receivers not having a good game, seeing those tight ends step up. I mean, getting contributions from three tight ends to go, you know, nine catches over 120 yards in two touchdowns. That's not something we had seen from them over the first three weeks. But the Chargers' offensive skill weapons are something that are definitely, you know, going to have to be looked at very carefully by the Browns' defense. But I think what the Browns' defense is probably looking at is the Chargers' offensive line, who, you know, maybe took a step back in the pass-blocking game last week. But the Chargers have all the weapons, you know, to go up and down the field. They move the ball well. The most encouraging thing is using those weapons in the red zone. Started 3 of 10 in the red zone in weeks 1 through 3. The last two weeks, they're 9 out of 10, or really 8 out of 9, if you don't include the Justin Herbert kneel down last week in the red zone. That has been the biggest difference, and especially in a game like this, which could play out a little bit like the Dallas Cowboys game, limited possessions potentially. That's going to be an important thing. I mean, just scoring those touchdowns when you get in close. The Chargers have been really, really good at that the last couple of weeks. And it may come in handy because Coach Kevin Stefanski this year had already shown a propensity to not really care about field goals and take a lot of advantages on fourth down and, and try to you know get a both lot coaches of um, sometimes. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Yeah, but I mean, look, that's the way it is. That's the, it's the world we're living in now. Where if you've got confidence in your offense, you know, we plan to be back here next drive anyway. So. You know, whatever. If we don't get it, we'll come back. We'll get the seven next time anyway. Um, you did bring up, you know, one of the two things I didn't want to get to. Look, and look, both teams three and one, but it doesn't mean that neither team is without some flaws or some things that are not really cemented as the 2021 season goes. You did mention one, and now this Browns defensive line constructed of Jadavian Clowney, Miles Garrett, Malik McDowell, Malik Jackson, and their ability to get home with just four pass rushers in, you know, the Chargers pass rush looked, you know, rough at times Monday night against the Raiders who offer a similar type of package as far as pass rushing. And then the other thing I wanted to note on is, you know, the Chargers run defense. And this is a little bit, you know, yes, it's an issue. And it's probably even more of an issue when you're talking about facing Nick Chubb, Kareem Hunt, and, you know, in my opinion, the best one to, you know, punch in the NFL. These are two things for Browns. You know, you always try to find something that looks like a weakness for the other team that might be playing to the hands of one of your strengths. And this is two things that look like it line up pretty well for the Browns. I mean, I expected this question, and then those are the two <laughs> things. I mean, those are the two big ones. The Chargers' offensive line, overall, much better. I mean, like, especially just comparatively speaking, last year, maybe the worst in the NFL, if not close, right? They were really, really bad. Revamped it, brought in four new starters. Brian Bulag is already down so far this year. He's on injured reserve. Storm Norton is the guy, I mean, that if you're looking for a mismatch for the Browns defense, they have a plenty good defensive line to, you know, get pressure regardless. But the emphasis is going to be on Storm Norton. They gave up six pressures last week. You know, two weeks ago, he gave up nine pressures in a game and Micah Parsons moving back to the edge against the Cowboys. So, like, he had a nice bounce back week against the Chiefs. Kind of fell back to earth last week against the Raiders. That is obviously something that 
should scare Chargers fans a little bit going into this one because last week, especially in that second half, the defensive line for the Raiders was getting home, and when they weren't, it was affecting the play calling, right? I mean, a lot of unblocked guys coming in, a lot of quick flare passes right to the outside just to try to get rid of it, and that takes away from what Justin Herbert does best, which is launching the ball down the field, right? Throwing the ball 20-plus yards downfield. The run defense is the story of this game, though, because the Chargers defense had a really nice game against the Raiders rushing attack, albeit not a great rushing attack, but it didn't matter going into that. I mean, the Kansas City Chiefs were the worst rushing team in football going up against the Chargers. They ran the ball all day against them. Clyde Edwards-Alaire had over 100 rushing yards for the first time of the season. I mean, that is what's going to make this game because you saw against the Dallas Cowboys, if the other team is just able to run the ball like that and control the time of possession, even though the time of possession was close in that game, it shrinks the game. And then the Chargers only had seven offensive drives in that game, had a touchdown called back by an illegal shift, had another touchdown called back. That Those things are so important because if you only have seven drives to score, especially going up against a very competent Cleveland Browns offense, that's going to muddy the water a little bit. So I think the run defense, even though it's coming off of a good game last week, I think they allowed 2.7 yards per carry to the Raiders, under 50 yards total rushing. This is a different animal, and the Chargers are going to get tested each of the next two weeks, going up against the Browns, going up against the Ravens. That was the number one weakness I had for this team going into the season. I just don't know if they have the horses on the interior. Their best defensive interior guy, Justin Jones, on injured reserve. Jerry Tillery, no more for pass rushing and getting pushed around in the running game, frankly, even after a good week last week. It's going to be huge. I mean, they added a couple of guys. They added some size. They added some girth to that defensive line to try to help things out. But I really think that's the game right there because I don't think that the Browns really have to get too creative if they're just getting six to seven yards per carry. I think that's going to be the main storyline for me going into the weekend. Yeah, I mean, it, there's a, there's the opportunity for this Browns running game to basically control this, and, and maybe that's what they need right now. You know, when the you know passing game is going through the little funk that is. Storm Norton, you brought up this name, and normally what's the first thing you do in a scenario like this? All right, well, we're just going to throw some help that way. All right, well, look, you got a rookie who looks fantastic at left tackle, but, I mean, do you want to say to the kid, all right, I'm sorry, we're going to help Storm so you got Miles Garrett all day long by yourself. And then right. you tell the interior guys, okay, you can't let up anything because we kind of got to assist over here on the right side. It, you know, it creates for a difficult position. Um, and for me, you know, I was telling you this before, uh, you know, before we you know, hit the record button, it's fun actually just getting to, you know, see defensive play like this. And, you know, the Browns had a couple of decent solid players on defense, but now it's getting to the point, you know, where they are playing with players of, you know, their equal and you're seeing guys not have to do so much and it's flowing a lot better, um, and we'll see if it continues here. Um, so far, the defense has gelled a little bit faster than I thought it would go. It would, um, and I certainly didn't expect these last two weeks back-to-back that they did, um, but we'll see if it trends. We're going to keep uh, rolling on here. We're going to flip it over. Dan's going to take over. We're going to get you some thoughts here on the Cleveland Browns. Again, Locked On Thursday here on the Locked On Podcast Network. We appreciate you all for being along for the ride. This episode is brought to you by Rock Auto. With the ever-increasing numbers of makes and models, it's now impossible for your local chain store to carry all the parts you need. Why endure often pointless or seemingly intimidating questions? Is your Odyssey an LX? Is it an EX? And wait while the person behind the counter orders the parts on their computer, choosing the only brand their warehouse happens to carry. You have computers with access to rockauto.com at home and in your pocket. Save time and money when using rockauto.com. Rock Auto is a family business serving do-it-yourself customers for over 20 years. They have everything you could need, brake parts, tail lamps, motor oil, and even new 
carpet. Go explore their easy-to-use website today to find the solution to your auto part needs. Go to rockauto.com right now. See all the parts available for your car or truck. Right, locked on in there. How did you hear about us, Box? So they know that we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. Rockauto.com. All right, guys, we're back here with this crossover Thursday. Locked on Chargers, locked on Browns. Super good matchup. I mean, I knew that both these teams, you know, should be pretty good this year, but now it's looking like just a, you know, powerhouse matchup. Two three and one teams going up against each other this weekend. I want to keep a little bit of synchronicity here. I know we were talking about the Chargers run defense, and I just want to put it in your, you know, get your perspective on it because it is the one thing. I mean, that jumps off the page when you're watching the Chargers defense on tape, especially through the first three weeks. It's like, why not run the ball? And Brandon Staley's defense has that built in a little bit. We're gonna get the you know double teams on the back end in the secondary, and we'll let you have four or five yards of carry. Unfortunately, against the Browns, that might be, you know, seven, eight yards of carry. So it's a little bit different. But going into this, I mean, is it really just going to be a game plan? You think of just like, we're just going to keep running, especially with Baker Mayfield struggling a little bit. We're just going to run until the Chargers prove that they can stop it. Well, I think this is, you know, the Browns a couple of times, you know, over the last couple of weeks. And the one difference has been the last couple of weeks is it wasn't so much Nick Chubb getting started early. You know, he didn't actually really have his way early. So it was like, you know what? All right, let's go Kareem, who's got a more physical style. Not that Nick isn't physical. Kareem Hunt actually looks for contact. He's one of those sickos. <laughs> so, you know, he went out there, was able to bang up, bang everybody, loosen him up. And then, you know, Chubb was able to come in and, you know, just a little bit faster, a little bit more decisive with his cutting ability. Um, but what, And this is where they got to. And it happened as early as week two against the Houston Texans. You're trying so hard to throw the ball around. And for the most part, you know, they were succeeding week two. But the game is still kind of like at hand and it's not out of reach. And it's like, well, we have a decisive right. advantage here. And w- what are we doing? It's like, why dilly around anymore? Okay, call seven runners in a row, 24-27. Let's get down the field, get another seven on the board, and get this game to the point where, you know, we know we're in control of it. Uh, happened against the Bears. Happened again last week with the Vikings where they, you know, they just went to Kareem and he eventually turned the tide of the game, you know, late in the first half. And then they basically both ran at will in the second half. It's, it's a pleasure to walk, watch these two work together because they know they have different styles. They're both suited for this offense very, very well, but both are definitely have you know their own uniqueness in how they do it. Um, and that just how they, they basically cheer for each other, root for each other. There is zero ego. And when you're talking about the NFL in a running back position with such a short life, uh, you know, short, uh, short shelf life, the amount of money, the opportunity to make money in this league is such a small window. These guys truly just do appreciate each other. And I think they understand that having each other it gives them advantage of, you know what, maybe if my you know potential is only five years to make money in this league, if I'm running with this guy, that's going to add a year or two. So maybe now it's six years, maybe now it's seven years. And, and they're just really a fun group. They enjoy watching each other work. I mean, neither one of them is hidden in the corner when the other's on the field. They're right up in there watching the other guy do his work. And for, yeah, I mean, it, it's really strange to say, in this day and age, oh God, enough! Just stop throwing the football and run it already, because we know what's you know we know what the end result of that will be. But that's that's really how well it works, and that's even with the offensive line not really playing as well as they were last year to this point. Yeah, and I mean that offensive line has been great, you know, especially last year they were so good, they were so fun to watch. But yeah, I mean two best backs in my opinion in the same backfield, the best running back tandem for sure to me. Love both of those guys and what they've been able to do, but. We have to talk about the defense, though, because, I mean, last year, 
That was an average to below average defense the Browns had. And now through four weeks right now, top five in points per game allowed. They're top five in rushing yards allowed against, passing yards allowed. I mean, there's just so much better than they have been. What do you think has kind of made things click for the Browns defense? Because they look like a different unit this year. Well, the thing is, and now Joe Woods, this will be game 22 for Joe Woods since he's been defense coordinator of the Browns. And when they introduced him in you know 2020, you know, I want to play a lot of nickel. I want to play a lot of time. I want to play with speed. I want to play with athleticism. They weren't able to do any of those things to get him that for 2020. You know, Andrew Sendejo, nobody says, oh my God, there's an athlete. Uh, Carl Joseph, nobody says, oh my God, there's an athlete. Uh, you know, they spent the majority of their 2020 offseason working on the offensive side of the ball. That worked. Um, but Joe Woods was taking a lot of heat because he just couldn't do what he wanted. And, oh, my God, the pre vets going to kill me. When you, you're playing subpar players, you're not going to pro- play aggressively. It just doesn't work that way. You can't. So now you uh, you know, you know go through the offseason. You bring in the top safety in the market, John Johnson III. You bring in the top nickel cornerback on the market in Troy Hill. You get Greedy Williams back. You get Grant Delbit back from injury. You draft Jeremiah Wusukormala. You draft Greg Newsom. You bring in Jadavian Clowney. You bring in Malik Jackson. You turn over a rock and find Malik McDowell, and who's been a contributor. And so the Browns now have eight, nine new starters. The first two weeks, it was slow, but Grant Delbit really wasn't playing then. Ronnie Harrison got ejected week one. And again, now the Joe Woods boobers are out. They're playing soft. You're playing your fifth safety. Yes. No, he's not. You're not expecting of him what you're expecting of other players. Grant Elpa, though, it really starts to pick up now. And Greg Newsom was perfect through the first three weeks. He doesn't play in week four. He won't play in week five. Greedy Williams starts Sunday in Minnesota. His first start uh, since his rookie year in 2019 puts up a PFF grade of over 87. Guy hadn't played a football game in almost 20 months, went out there and looked like an absolute beast. Then you get Jeremiah Usukoromoa. He's got that in-between build, kind of like Derwin James, where you could play Derwin James at linebacker if you wanted to because the size translates, and they certainly have done that before against the Ravens, something that they certainly have in mind for Jeremiah Uzukoromoa. He is just so fast and instinctive and physical. Look, there are times where he runs himself right out of the play, just like rookie exuberance and being so fast. It's understandable. But I would rather have a guy overrun the play than a guy who's never going to get there, which is what Browns linebackers have played like in the past. (laughs) They are a very, very fast unit. They are athletic. And I think when it started, look, the Bears game was just, you know, it was it just wasn't fair for Justin Fields. It wasn't fair for the Bears. They were just completely outclassed because they had no game plan whatsoever for this Browns defense. So we wanted to see how it was going to translate when they got to Minnesota. Minnesota, obviously, a lot more established offense, uh, you know, veteran quarterback. First drive was great. But then after that, they had no answer. They couldn't get their guys open. Kirk Cousins was getting swarmed all day. Dalvin Cook could not find holes. They are fast. They are athletic. They tackle well. And, you know, we'll see because now here it is. Yes, maybe another step up, you know, facing a, you know, an offense that's a little bit better than the one they faced before uh, last week against the Vikings with the Chargers offense. You know, you have to continue to raise your bar. You have to continue to raise your level. You know, week in, week out, this defense is looking like it needs to be a calling card for this team. And it's certainly capable of doing that. Um, But again, you know, these West Coast trips get a little bit funky. Uh, you know, they don't really know Justin Herbert other than tape. They have no experience of playing against him. Uh, we'll see. But I mean, I just love the trajectory of this defense. I love the, I love Joe Woods's premise of what he wanted to do because it is so fit for what the NFL is nowadays. I mean, it's suited to deal with a guy like Austin Eckler. It's suited to deal with the Chiefs, the Bills, the Ravens, all of these teams that have these type of players. And to see that the Browns finally have this type of firepower on the field 
that can at least make some stops. It's been a long time coming. Like I said, this is my fifth season covering this team. And we, I mean, the amount of time we talked about defense was, well, Myra got, Miles Garrett's really good. Denzel Ward's going to be really good. All right, that's the offense, and then we'll talk draft. Yeah, exactly. And I think there's something to that, too, especially with Brandon Staley, right? Like, <laughs> you can get good coaches, mm-hmm. but, like, you also have to let them kind of build the roster in their image, right, and get the right guys in the right spots. Like, Brandon Staley's had one offseason to do that, right? Now Joe Woods is doing it going into this year, and you're seeing a giant difference, but – just like for me, I mean, the Chargers offensive line scares me a little bit. Their run defense, I'm hoping we saw improvement last week. And hey, maybe that's a turning point. But that's definitely where I would attack the Chargers defense if I were the Browns. When you're looking at this, what is a weakness maybe from the Browns that kind of scares you going into this one? Honestly, it, it is the weirdest thing in the world. It's Baker Mayfield. and You can't ignore the statistics at this point because we're talking it was all of 2019. It was a little portion of 2017, and now it's two games in the 2021. It, when Baker Mayfield is in the lineup for the Browns, Baker Mayfield is not the same quarterback as he is when he's out. When Baker Mayfield doesn't have Odell Beckham Jr., he's a player that takes his drop, reads his progressions, and it doesn't matter if you are the number one or number two wide receiver or you're the fourth string tight end. If you're the guy who's open, you're the guy he throws the ball to. It seems somehow, some way. And I mean, I can understand it because of that dynamic type of player that Odell Beckham Jr. is, and you want to make sure you're not missing any opportunity to get him the ball. But it seems like he lags a little bit in reading his progressions, and it's not like Odell is running these patterns slowly where this would be an issue. Um, it's He's just – and it's, 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 it's staggering the difference of quarterback he is statistically when Odell is in there as opposed to when Odell is out. Um, they need to make this work because getting this right obviously puts them just on another echelon as far as level of this offense. But it's just something they can't seem to make work the way it should. You know, like some people, oh, well, he had that three-touchdown game against Dallas last year. Well, one was a reverse, and the other one, Jarvis Landry threw the pass. So, yeah, yeah, a three-touchdown game, but it didn't say much about the relationship between he and Baker. Um, It's just something that's there. It's – I mean, it just seems like it's a math problem with a remainder that they just can't get the right thing to. Even Baker today said, look, it's it's something we're a quarter second off or a third of a second off. I mean, I could say all this and he could go for eight for 120 on Sunday. Who knows? Right. But it's to this point, it's a noticeable thing. And it's not just watching the games. It's not watching the film. I mean, it screams it when you look at the statistics of Baker Mayfield when he's behind center and Odell is playing for the Browns or he's not. It's crazy. I mean, it's one of the weirdest things. And I think even with Justin Herbert, like the times he's put the ball in danger, it's been trying to force the ball to Keenan Allen just because he knows Keenan Allen is so yeah. often open. And one of those he fell down. But two of the three interceptions that Justin Herbert has this year are targeting Keenan Allen. So, I mean, Keenan Allen's still great. But, I mean, that Hotel Beckham thing has been really wild to see because it doesn't really make sense. But, I mean, maybe this is the game that turns around for them. I obviously hope not. But we're going to keep it pushing and get into our final thoughts and predictions for this game coming up after this. We're back and better than ever. All eyes are on the gridiron as teams are back for another football season. As always, Bet Online is your number one spot for all the pro and college football action this season. With a new updated site and interface, even more odds, props, and contests, Bet Online continues to be the number one source for everything football. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today to receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Don't forget to use the promo code LOCKEDON to receive your bonus. 
from football, basketball, boxing, right to your favorite Vegas casino games. <clears throat> Don't wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers for the 2021 season. Bet online is the fastest and easiest way to bet all your favorite sports. Bet online where the game starts. First things first, for me, uh, Dan, I'm getting a little bit, you know, this is the second 4.30 kickoff for us Browns fans this year. So it certainly throws off our Sundays a little bit for years when they were a doormat. They were always a one o'clock team, nothing else. Um, and it looks like it is probably the big game of that 4.30 time slot. So I'm definitely looking forward to that. Um, but you have a great quarterback matchup. And I know Baker Mayfield won't say it, but I'm sure in the back of his head is that's the guy who took my record when he's looking at Justin Herbert. <laughs> definitely something he's going to think of. I'm sure Justin Herbert is going to look at this defensive line and say, you know, look, however fast I think my clock is today, it's going to need to be a little bit faster. And, but for me, and, you know, I said it already, the one, the biggest concern I have is just number 30, because you can do everything right in defensing this Chargers offense. And, and even still, he can catch this short little swing pass and it's, oh, hey, there's two guys. All right. We'll get the punt return team on the uh, slip. Uh, and he's, Probably more, in my opinion, one of the most underrated players in the game um, today. And maybe, you know, part of this happens to West Coast players. But for me, and, you know, I'm pretty sure of it that Joe Woods and every day when these players are going home, there's, you know, hey, you've got nine minutes of number 30 waiting for you when you get home. Make sure you watch that video and make sure if you don't watch it twice, you watch it three times. Yeah, I mean, and I think. For the Chargers offense, it's a little tricky at times because it's like not being over-reliant on it. Because, I mean, some of my least favorite plays from the Chargers are, all right, third and four, let's give it to Austin Eckler in the flats and hope he makes two guys miss, right? So I think it is kind of that fine balance there of like getting him in the right situations without just kind of making it obvious. Because, I mean, he can only do so much, but he's going to be huge. I mean, there's no way around it. Austin Eckler would seem to have to have a good game in this one for the Chargers to win. And I think it is going to be a really really big talking point throughout the week of how the Chargers are going to be you know trying to get him into those advantageous situations but like yeah you have a guy like you know JOK over there who has the speed and athleticism to keep up with him but you know are they going to try to use him on Jared Cook or you know stop the six foot nine Donald Parham so I do think <laughs> for the Chargers I mean that is going to be a matchup that I'm looking forward to and something I think that's going to decide the game is I mean the Browns have a ton of skill position players on defense that they found this year, right? I mean, they've very much improved that. Who is it going to be for the Chargers? Is it going to be a big Keenan Allen game? Is it going to be a big Mike Williams game? Is it going to be a big Austin Eckler game? It's hard to say at this point because when you look at the Browns defense, there's no one place where you look and you're just like, this is the dude I'm going to attack, right? Or this is the area where the Chargers are clearly better than the Browns. So that's going to be fireworks to me. I mean, just seeing... Mike Williams and Keenan Allen and the Chargers offensive skill position players going up against a Denzel Ward, a JOK, a John Johnson. Like that's something I'm really excited about. And for the Chargers, I think it's just going to be important to not set yourself up in a situation where if you're getting in third and nines, third and tens, like you were last week, it's going to be a terrible day for the Chargers offense. You just can't live like that against this Browns defense. But if you can keep it manageable, you know, if you can get that seven yard pass to Jared Cook on first down, if you can keep things moderate where Brandon Staley is always going to be willing to go for it, even if it's fourth and two, fourth and three. I mean, I think that's where this game is going to be decided in a lot of ways. I, I couldn't agree with you more. And I mean, uh, anybody who likes punting, there's a good chance you might not see either punter this Sunday. <laughs> you because, might not. Uh, no, neither teams truly care about it. And what they understand is, hey, 
a field goal is three, but um, if it's two drives for a touchdown, that's seven. And the Browns will, if they get the possibility, go for two. So there is that aspect of it as well. Um, you know, so I, I'm really looking forward to it. Um, and because part of the reason is, is this is something, this might not be a one-shot deal, Dan. Um, it's very, very, you know, understandable and likely that these two teams could find a way to cross paths again in January. So it's A, trying to win the game, B, not trying to show too much, and for two quarterbacks that look to hopefully be, you know, a part of the big future of the AFC. Two of the, you know, future coaches of the AFC. And that's one thing I don't think we've gotten to talk about enough, Jeff, here is just what it means to have the right coach in place, right? I mean, the Browns should know that better than anyone else. I mean, going through Freddie Kitchens and all the guys that they had to go through to get to Kevin Stefanski, right? I mean, the Chargers have had the same thing. I mean, Anthony Lynn wasn't the dude. Mike McCoy wasn't the dude. And like, you just feel the difference this year with Brain and Staley. And I'm sure the Browns feel all of the difference with Kevin Stefanski. Because yeah, they got a quarterback. Yeah, their rushing attack is good. They've had good players in the past, and it still hasn't come together. They've never had a roster like this, you know, in recent memory. But I think this is a huge game where it's like you're seeing how much coaching matters. You're seeing, you know, what pushing the right buttons, what not playing cowardly looks like, going for it, putting the ball in your offensive hands, putting the ball in the hands of your best players. Like, that's something I'm excited about because it's felt like the Chargers have gotten outcoached, right? Last year, 45-0. to zero against the New England Patriots, like just a masterclass. And my coaches are better than your coaches. In this game, it's exciting because we get to see two of the young, brightest minds, right? One a defensive guy, one an offensive guy. And that's something I don't think is getting talked about enough. I'm very excited to watch that. Yeah, this should unfold to be a good one on Sunday. Um, I Predictions, look, I mean, you know, Dan would be a fool if he didn't predict his team. I'd be a fool if I didn't predict mine. I mean, so that's the way it kind of works. Um, <laughs> look at it this way. One of us is probably going to be right. One of us is probably going to be wrong. And, you know, at the end of the day, let's hope we don't get a tie. Um, but, I mean, for me, Dan, that's – I mean, I, I think we've, you know, basically licked this one clean as far as everything there is. Um, and, you know, I, I love doing the crossovers, um, but most of the time, folks, these are recorded on Wednesday. So the problem is, is we get ourselves all amped up and then we got to find a way to get, <laughs> to get our ways to get through the next 72 to 90 hours before we want to get this, see these games kick off. Right. Yeah, I know. hundred percent. And like, I don't know what my prediction is going to be this week, just because even for Charger fans out here, might get, you know, mad when they hear this tomorrow is just like the Browns do two things really well that the Chargers have struggled with all season long. And that is protecting Justin Herbert consistently against pass rushes that can get after him with four. Right. And also stopping the run. I mean, the Chargers win the last week easily with the worst run defense in the NFL. They're average, you know, allowing about 177 yards per game to the opposing rushing attack. And, you know, now they're going up against the Browns and the Ravens. Like if they had gone against the Browns and the Ravens and that had happened, you know, it's like, Hey, you know, what are you going to do? Those are two really good rushing attacks. I don't know how I'm going to predict it. I mean, I think it's going to be close. I mean, obviously the Chargers being at home makes a difference as far as the traveling and stuff for the Browns. But I feel like there's going to be a pretty strong Browns presence out at SoFi Stadium. I don't know if I'm going to pick the Chargers to win this week. I mean, I'm very, very realistic. I try to be at least. I mean, I I picked the Chargers to lose the Chiefs, obviously, you know. And they ended up winning that and making me look stupid. Maybe they'll make me look stupid again this week. But I just think that the Chargers offense is going to have to be really clicking on all cylinders this week to put up points against a really good defense and then hope and pray that their run defense really found a turning point last week and where they can at least just do enough, right? Force a second and 11. 
force a third and eight, right? Get in those situations where you can key on, you know, Odell Beckham Jr. You can kind of try to make Baker's life a little bit more difficult in getting a lead, right? Because Baker does have some hero ball to him. If you can mm-hmm. get him in those situations, saw it against the Chiefs. We've seen it at times before. He can make mistakes, and the Chargers are going to need a couple of mistakes by the Browns this weekend if they want to pull off the win. Yeah, and for, you know, and, and lastly on the Browns is, you know, Baker Mayfield and the completing of 50% of his passes last week, it's not going to be good enough. It's just not right. going to be good enough this week, regardless of how well the Browns can run the ball and if they can do some of the other things that we talked about. Uh, you're not going to make a living in this league, and you're not going to win a lot of ball games only completing 50% of your passes. Hopefully, he's better. He's more right. Hopefully, you know, having the run game maybe get go early can you know set up some real easy play action get his confidence rolling and if he can hit at least one big one i think it's gonna it's gonna get baker right back into the group if he can find whether you know and it's not even gonna be a touchdown just just a long ball a completion with defenders around where he can basically get the you know the bugaboo out of his head i think everything is going to be all right but for you charger fans for you brown stands we can't thank you guys enough for being along for the ride and of course always making lockdown chargers lockdown browns your first listen day in day out whatever podcast platform you use as always our promise to you guys locked on chargers locked on browns will always be free um it's the least we can do for as much time as you guys spend with us week in week out it's going to be a good one sunday um really really looking forward to this matchup um now that they had that one thunderstorm in la i'm assuming we're not gonna have to worry about that for two decades so this sucker should kick off on time on sunday uh for mr dan wade from locked on chargers myself jeff lloyd from locked on browns Uh, Have a blast, everybody. Enjoy the game on Sunday.